Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Hey guys, um, Andy and Dave, if you're uh, if you're just joining us, um, yeah, just wait uh, another 30 seconds. Um, yeah, if you have uh, joined us, do comment below. Just let us know you're here. Give us a thumbs up or a little comment, um, a namaste, a hello, wherever you're from. Just give us a little heads up. Dave, we're on the sofa, back on the sofa today. I know, yeah. We thought, <laughs> we, we thought we'd do a bit of Richard and Judy today, I think, you know. And um, yeah, jo join us on the sofa for this afternoon's delight. You sounded really Welsh then. Did I? <laughs> the sofa. The sofa. Hi, <laughs> and welcome to the Tuesday too then. <laughs> um, now, great to see some um, loads of people uh, joining us today. Always get a lot of people on to our uh, competition announcements and today. So just let you know a little bit about what's going to happen. So, yeah, we're going to go into a little bit um, about the, the, the trip that uh, one of you guys will be lucky to win. Um, we have written down the name just over here. Sure, it's actually... Yeah. It's actually a bit weird seeing it there. I'm like, usually it's right out there. of the way. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm Winners not going right to say there. that name. Um, no, no. But anyway, yeah, we're going to go into a little bit about Kilimanjaro. Also, as well, we've got an exciting new announcement. So we got uh, not not one, two, or three, but we've got four um, new trips that we're uh, really excited to kind of get off the ground. Um, so we'll be talking a little bit about that. And as well as that, we'll be talking about all the usual um, you know, questions that crop up on the live. So if you do have any questions... Myself and Dave, anything about high altitude trekking, yep. climbing, mountaineering, anything at all, just drop them in, uh, and and that's what we're here for to to, to answer. Yeah, um, Dave, I'm really excited. It's been a been a mad morning, actually, isn't it? <laughs> it has been a mad morning. It's been one of the, it's been one of those where we come in and we know we we know these lives are coming. I know we do them every week, it's but, like... but yeah, for some reason we always tend to have like a crazy crazy build up, particularly yeah. with the competition winner, because we've got to yeah, you know do the uh, the old random selection and find out who it is which is always crazy because yeah I, sometimes i think like we should do it a week before so i can settle into who it is <laughs> but you know we found out how, how many minutes ago do you think it was uh it was about five about minutes. five minutes ago yeah we found okay. out who the winner was you guys have to wait a bit longer than that so i know i'd rather be on this side of the camera actually <laughs> i think you know i don't think i can handle the suspense it's um no it's been amazing we've had uh, some great we always get a lot of positive energy around the competitions, which is great. It's one of the reasons we started running them. Um, I think the first one we did was back in uh, early 2018 mm -hmm. um, when we, we did uh, Everest Base Camp. Everest Base Camp, yeah. Um, back in the day. Uh, and now, obviously, we've, we've opened up uh, heaps of new trips, even during, um, you know, very challenging 18 months for the, you know, everyone involved <laughs> in the travel industry. Well, you know, just, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's been good all considering, but still doing what we really want to do which is get back to the mountains that's been um you know i know we've all missed that so yeah we, we, we can't wait to start um we're very close to starting really i think we're not a million miles away we're hopefully going to get some people out to morocco next month um which is fantastic not a not a big group i think a lot of people yeah. are kind of a little bit cautious about it but there's a few people who are who still want to plow ahead and, and luckily we're able to run that so yeah really excited about morocco um and then the autumn is is, is kind of You've been on any of our lives over the last sort of month or so you know that it's kind of swinging in the balance at the moment um with, with travel but look you know we want to talk about that just yet we want to try and remain super positive especially around travel because um you know we're always trying to inspire people to, to kind of go on these trips and yep. 
you know, we know what it can do for people's lives. It enriches people's lives. I mean, travel uh, is, is, is always been a big part of my life. And I know it's been a part of yours, Dave. And, and it's kind of, um, we grow as people, don't we, when we travel? I agree. I agree. I've shrunk considerably over the last 18 months. <laughs> but no, um, I think, yeah, it's been, a, it's been, it, it was crazy when you think 18 months ago, we went to Kilimanjaro and then we thought, you know, what could stop us? Play on. And, oh, you know, little know, did we know. Right. But actually, crazy. one thing that, I, you know, if, if all we get out of it is this community, mm. we started the Tuesday tune-ins because of what happened with, um, you know, the C word. C word? C word, yeah. So there's a lot of bad words being in the C. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we started this, all of these this community and stuff like that. I just yeah. spotted something here. Matt Colfad, I hope your son is okay. He's hurt his foot. Um, I know that feeling. Oh, hey, Matt. So repair up soon, mate, and keep planning the trips. Um, but, yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, I never would have been able to reach out to Matt Colfad in Gibraltar, sat in A&E with his son um, because we started these lives and it's, it's been tremendous. Watching and from Gibraltar. Yeah, I'm a little, a little bit jealous, Matt. Got to be honest. I'm you know, he, a little bit of sun. He is in the A and E department, though. With okay, son. not 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 100 jealous, but yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. Overall, if you're going to be an A and E, if you're going to be an A and E, Gibraltar is not a bad place, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, Matt. Obviously, uh, all the best to your son, mate, and um, and yeah, hope he hope he gets better soon. So, Dave, where should we start? Um, should we let's start with Kilimanjaro? <clears throat> um, yeah, obviously, that's why we're here. Uh, chat about the winner of Kilimanjaro. Um, I know for for both of us it was uh, when we did it last February, yeah, February wasn't it? February, February into March, it was certainly a challenge. I know that whenever we talk about it as individuals, you know, it's just all about summit night, isn't it? I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, in terms of all the big questions that people ask, certainly, you know, yeah. is it hard? Can I do it? How does it compare to Everest Base Camp? Yeah. Um, what we always say is that where Everest Base Camp is a little bit more, it ebbs and flows throughout the entire journey. Yeah. Kilimanjaro is very much, you know, you're, you're on there to summit, you're on there to top out. Yeah. And so naturally you reach this big crescendo of summit night. Um, and it's, it's, it's truly epic and truly, I don't know. It feels like, you know, it, it's about 12 hours of your life to kind of get up and down. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the most intense 12 hours that you'll ever have. It's absolutely amazing but you know it's one of those things where i think when me and you got back down and you just crash out in the tent for an hour oh it's great and you just you just lie in there having done it and yeah. nothing quite compares to that feeling i don't think yeah it, um it really is it's an amazing trip i mean uh, you know okay you're going to the top of a mountain it's also you know a big part of it we, we talked about some of the highlights of it i remember yeah. we we did on our podcast episode um if any of you are keen to listen to that jump onto the mountain malarkey podcast on uh, iTunes or, or uh, on Apple or Spotify. Um, check out the, the Kilimanjaro podcast. You'll probably hear a few choice words in there uh, because on the summit, after you've just summit and you're all, all, everything's flying around, you're like, you feel on a high, literally, because mm. you're on top of, uh, top of Africa. There's was, was a few uh, colorful words traveling around. But anyway, it's, it's certainly for me, it was, uh, you know, around the, the people you travel with as well. Um, you know, we had the pleasure of trekking with some fantastic individuals. We know we're yeah. now really good mates with, um, I know we were friends with, with some of them, but you know you'd be lifelong friends, and and that's a big part of of what the, it's about in the trekking community, um, especially when you go through some challenging times, you know, because it when you're at altitude. If any of you have been at altitude before, it's it's not always a bed of roses, you know. It can it, you can wake up and smack you in the face at the best of times, um, but that's why we go there because it's hard because it's difficult, and if it was easy, um, everyone would do it, and 
you know, it's not for everyone, is it? If, you know, I, I, we always use the reason, you know, uh, reason, the example of if you go to Disneyland, that's probably a typical type of person. But, you know, saying that, I quite like Disneyland. It was amazing but, holiday. Disneyland, <laughs> I know you've been at Disneyland, but it's certainly not Disneyland in, uh, in, in these kind of places. No, Disneyland was quite tough, though. It was like every day. I never done so much walking. Um, but I'll be honest, yes, Kilimanjaro is yeah. one of those where I would say Kilimanjaro Summit Night is up there with one of the toughest days trekking that you'll do. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter sort of how fit and how active and how well trained you are it's one of those days that will always offer you adventure because we can all trek at night and yeah. we can all trek at altitude and we can all trek in the cold and we can all trek for long periods of time and we can all trek with sleep deprivation but yeah. to reach the summit of kilimanjaro you're going to have to do all of those things <laughs> you know all in yeah. one sort of crazy 12 hour period i say 12 hours that's just the time it takes you from the tent to the tent you know, it's a long, yeah. long day. And then it's downhill again. Yeah, another it? downhill section. So, yeah, you'll generally be awake for around a minimum 24 to 34 hours. Yeah, um, which, you yeah. know, can be quite challenging. I mean, I'm a, I am I love my sleep. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was probably one of the biggest challenges was the sleep. I was fine with the altitude, um, you know, the, the kind of physicality of it. But it was just so bloody tired. It was like a zombie walking towards me at one point. <laughs> I know because we got we we got above Stella Point, and then there's a there's like a bit of a long drag, yeah. gradual drag, then up to the summit, which is is that's my favorite bit because once you've got to Stella Point, yeah, um, you know, unless you're, I, I can't conceive of turning back at that point, and I know some do, and they have legitimate yeah. reasons for, but yeah. you're so close to the summit, and the hardest bit is so easy. To get from Stella Point to the summit. But one thing I didn't do was we well, walked up there and I knew it was going to sunrise. I thought, oh, I've got to spend sunrise with Andy. <laughs> so I stopped and turned around and he was just a few sort of yards behind me. Yeah. Um, trekking like this. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, I'm not surprised. Like, it, was, and, um, uh, it was quite tiring. It was yeah. Just, thing is, on, on those flat bits, you know you, you can't sort of fall off or anything. You just have a micro sleep. You've just got to have those 15 seconds. It was, it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, and it's funny because everyone has draws a different experience for it. For you, the biggest challenge was the sleep. Yeah. Where I think maybe because I'd done some night shifts, I was okay with the sleep. But for me, the biggest challenge was my was getting my temperature right. I, it stressed me out the whole way because I run hot, but it was like minus 10 with yeah. wind, minus 15, 20. So... <laughs> You have to have your down jacket on and multiple layers. But yeah. then as soon as I got moving again, I'd start sweating. And then I'd worry that I'd get too cold when I stopped. So I had to slow down and start and slow down. And um, yeah, and then my water froze. Well, everyone's water froze. Everyone's water froze. I think, sorry, talking about uh, hydration. Um, I think Matt, uh, sorry, Ian has said, uh, Stella Point, is there a Foster's Point as well? Sorry, I found that really hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I think there's a couple of um, premium lager points up there, aren't there? Yeah, if there's a Foster's Point, I'll be honest, I'll skip straight past that. <laughs> um, yeah, we call that cooking lager. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair, though, if, yeah. you, if you are trekking with some Aussies, almost certainly they're going to crack open a tinny when they get at the top. Every trip that I've ever yeah, done, like 100%. base camp or wherever, if you arrive at the the end zone and you see a couple of Aussies here, they love it. So um, they do. yeah, good lads to trek with. It's um, but yeah, just going back to Killy and and you know it is a, a fantastic trip. It is tough. Um, you know it's we we always choose the longer route, which is uh, via the Lamosho route. It's beautiful route. Let's say it's a lot longer, eight days. Um, you can climb Killy in quicker times, um, but the success rate is far 
lower, um, sometimes less than 50% of the people who trek on some of the um, the classic routes you've got. you ever heard of the Coca-Cola route or the Morangi route? The, the chances are a lot less, So, which is why we go for the Lamo Show, because on all of our trips, yeah. um, and we'll talk a little bit about some of our newer trips um, a bit later on, um, is that we always like to go the scenic route, you know? Um, the the challenging route, you know, a route that's a little bit different anyway. Uh, we've always been around uh, about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so, and our itineraries um, show that as well. So like the Lamo Show, if it's like Killy, if there's a long route, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, because you'll have a he- heck of a better time. A L- little bit of a beer debate here. Um, oh, Leah, no, shit, Leah's, of course. That. <laughs> uh, Leah, yeah, you have. Leah's, I, I, I don't think I help because now, now, nothing wrong with Foster's. Yeah, sorry, didn't want to come across as a beer snob. Um, but I am. Easter their own, Ian. <laughs> but, I, but I am. You knock yeah. back the Fosters, mate. Why and not? then someone said Fosters over Corona. I see. I disagree. I see. I, li- I like a Corona. It's quite. It's quite. Depends if it's a drink or not. <laughs> if it's a virus, I'll skip. I'll prefer the Fosters. Yeah. If it's a bottle, I'll have the bottle, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, hydration is important. I know if Bry is on here, if Mick is on here, we'll hopefully we do Alan Peak soon. Um, they they know how important hydration is, as well as um, Joel. Uh, I think uh, Mark, Mark's on here. Mark Beecroft, brilliant. Love your pictures, Mark, uh, on the group. Absolutely loving them. Actually, Mark, fantastic photographer. was it his video we were watching in Keswick? I'm sure it was yours, Mark, right? We were in a bar in Keswick called The Wainwright. The Wainwright, yeah. And yeah. on the TV, they were showing um, like GoPro footage of they some were. of the um, climbing around there. I was going to ask you around uh, that, yeah, And I'm sure it was yeah. Mark. So, Mark, let us know if that was you. Um, yeah, you skied down part of... Um, I forgot the name of the peak there, but in the, in the Wainwright, let us know, Mark, if it was you. Yeah. Um, he's put thanks, guys, which might be a yes. But yeah, Mark, it was brilliant anyway. Um, absolutely love that. And I thought, it's Mark Beecroft. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, fantastic bit of footage, mate, if it was yours. Excellent. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got some questions coming in already. We, we may as well ask, answer a few because otherwise we're going to be... Um, the, yeah, the competition lives with the other stuff <laughs> yeah so yeah um well i've got one here from ryan wilcox wilcoxon who said yeah. um what's the best peaks for training in the uk you've done snowden scaffold pike ben nevis helvellyn etc just wondering nice. if there's any others that would suit as good mountain training um to be honest all of those that you've yeah. said are, are really yeah. good but um i would say just explore the ranges so obviously Sn- snowdonia is more than just snowden um was it the, the pronounce these for me the glitheri the glitheri yeah, yeah and carnady carnady yeah yeah um, um although if, if steve's here and um uh, one of our good friends from north wales it'd probably kill me about my welsh pronunciation it's never the best um so apologies if uh, you did go a bit wasn't well, the glitheri the glitheri no it's, that's how it's said it's <laughs> the glitheri yeah but no you are yeah so those are pretty good uh to be honest yeah just explore the ranges like even yeah. on ben nevis you can do the cmd um, which is a little bit more challenging than yeah. the normal one and enjoy some ridges and stuff like that. So um, uh, also in Bracken, you know, there's loads of stuff yeah, you can do. I think uh, I know where Ryan's coming from there in terms of, you know, what what, what level of training do you need, um, you know, for Killy and other mountains? I think, because I think a couple of other questions have followed on from that. Um, I think Shelley, uh, who's just popped the comment there around, uh, you need to have an intense training for this climb. Essentially, when, it, when you're coming to Kilimanjaro, you are just walking up a mountain. There's no technical skills needed um obviously the fitter you are the, the more enjoyable your trip's going to be but one thing we we always say about this is that um you don't have to be he-man you don't have to be um a superwoman you know you, you don't have to be super fit it does help 
like in, in 100%, you know, professional trekking company, um, the fitter you are, the better your trip will be. But, you know, we've seen all shapes and sizes on our treks and a lot of people, sometimes the, the, the people that actually have the best success are the real battlers, the people that don't give in, the people that are probably maybe a bit more of like, like okay, I'm not feeling too good. I'm not sick. I got a headache. So what? You know, they're cracking on. Um, obviously, you know, if, if you're struggling with altitude issues, that's different. But my point is, is that if when you're looking at these trips, don't think they're kind of out of reach for like, um, you know, altitude junkies and elite mountaineers. It's not, it's not just about that. And it's been proven because we've taken a lot of different types of, um, uh, I'd say levels of fitness on our trips yeah. and it's a really level playing field. It really is. It doesn't matter the fit people, the not so fit people, it levels the playing field. Um, so yeah, in terms of obviously Ryan's questionnaire and I think a few of the comments, um, in terms of training and getting out there, don't think you've got to be summoning Ben Nevis every day to be fit and trained. You don't have to. Just get out there. Some of you don't live near mountains. Just get out there, pack on your back, put the miles in, feel good, keep positive. And if you want to climb Kilimanjaro, you want to go to Everest Base Camp, whatever you want to do, you can do it. Um, just decide that you want to do it. Yep. Um, Hope that helps. Jason Townsend has said, what kind of altitude yeah. training will you need for the trek? So assuming Kilimanjaro... Yeah, similar to be honest, sort of thing then, really, isn't in it? In terms of, yeah, what you need yeah. in terms of altitude training, you don't need any. Yeah. Um, you know, it's possible just to get a base level of physical fitness, all the stuff that Andy just said. Yeah. However, if you do want to incorporate some altitude training um, to increase your acclimatization before you go there, even if it's just about increasing your knowledge of altitude, you know, which does help a lot, um, go back um, two weeks and watch our live from the altitude center. Yes. Um Probably, you know, watching that will inform you far more than just some little sound bites I can give you now. But I will say you don't need altitude training for any of our treks, really. Yeah. What it can do is supplement your normal training and supplement what you do on the mountain, which is the, the most important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go back a couple of weeks, watch that video. And yeah, that should give you, you know, some really solid information there on what you can do. Yeah, exactly. Now, I made some good, really good points there, Dave. And yeah, the... Um you know, because a few comments coming around about breathing as well of altitude. Now I know a lot of people who um, who join our lives every week and we talk about this or have been to altitude before. You kind of you breathe exactly the same. Mm -hmm. um, you know that doesn't change. Uh, what what sort of happens essentially? So imagine if you were. I mean, watch the the altitude sensor video again. You'll you'll get a more of a scientific explanation. But essentially, when you're when you're standing still and you're breathing the same, that you you won't feel any different. When you start to move and overexert yourself, that's when you'd be breathing more. Yeah. But you don't feel like it's like um, if you're underwater or if you're scuba diving, you've got to really suck that air in. That doesn't happen. We're not going to, say, the top of Everest. We're, we're, we're still high, still what we class um, extreme altitude, but it's it, it feels the same when you breathe. You're just breathing more if you're doing physical activity. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it is, it's always the unknown, isn't it, when you go to altitude? And I think I, certainly the first time for me, because um, just tell you a little bit about my personal story. I've got I've got asthma. I've had it since I was a child. So for me, when I had the idea to go to Nepal and, and in the Himalayas, I didn't really know what I know now. This is before Evertrek was even a thing. And, um, you know, I wanted to kind of see if my body can hack it, you know. And luckily, um, uh, for some reason, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at altitude. I haven't got any issues, you know, touch wood. But when it comes to what we've learned afterwards, it doesn't matter – Kind of, you know, like we always talk about the levels of fitness. Okay, with asthmatics, depends on the severity and how you manage it. But essentially, 
Um, you know, anyone can can be fine at altitude. It can be a bit of a lottery, you know. It's quite rare. You get people who just aren't very good at altitude. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we obviously, as a professional trekking company, we say if you want to speak to your GP first or um, uh, someone who specializes in altitude, um, you know, obviously in terms of medical, have a chat with them if you want a little bit of peace of mind. But, yeah, the amount of people we've had for the first time go into, like, Kilimanjaro, go into Everest Base Camp, and they're like, okay, this is hard, but um, it's it's an awesome uh, experience. Yeah. Um, no, we haven't yet, Tom. We haven't drawn yet, mate. Um, keep keep on. We're uh, we're just answering some questions, and we'll be um, uh, we'll be mentioning that in a little yeah. bit. I've seen a couple of questions. Yeah. So one of them was from Mick about PCRs, and there was another one I think yeah. from James Ashley asking about what's our policy on zero num- zero vaccinated people so people that haven't received any vaccination from covid going on our trips well mm. we very much operate based on the law set by yeah. you know the uk government and whichever country we're traveling to um they are more restrictive for those people that don't have any vaccination so generally speaking no matter where you go whether it's sort of green red or amber if you're zero vaccinated there's going to be a rule particularly with amber and red you're going to have to isolate for 10 days no matter yeah. what on your return um, and you're going to have to have more tests, so a day two test, a day eight test. So it does make things more restrictive. Um, so, you know, but it's down to everyone's sort of individual choice, I guess, on how they want to do it. I know it's a divisive subject, but I think being vaccinated, in my opinion, is safer and enables you to do a lot more in the world. Yeah. So that's basically how we operate. If you want to go to one of our ambulance countries, let's say you were going to Morocco tomorrow and you had zero vaccination and you were going for the weekender, which is four days, well, immediately it's going to be a 14-day trip because we've got about yeah. those 10 days on. Um, and I think uh, just just to sort of tag on to the end of that as well, you know, we have to also find that balance. Like, yeah, if you're going away for four days and it turns into a two-week trip, that's not probably viable, you know, um, you know, which is always why we we kind of we, we look at it from the... the 360 approach i suppose which is like look you know if um it's not really okay legally it's feasible but is it in terms of everyone could get stuck out there there's other factors that come into it when it comes to the jabs and things um you know when you when you're going on trips um yeah we we would suggest obviously go in and, and check in the official stuff um the the, the rules and what you need to do because it's quite it's confusing for us like we we've tried to um we've, we've gone through every single bit of advice out there mm-hmm. but say we're looking at one country so we have to look at the rules to get out there, the rules to come back, the rules in the country, um, and obviously all the countries that we that we operate in. Um, even like personally, I'm, I'm I'm going to Spain a couple of weeks, um, you know. So I've seen those rules, and you have to look at then because obviously I'm from Wales, so we have to look at the Welsh rules. Then we also have a look at the UK rules because we are leaving the UK. Then we have to look at the Spanish rules, and then obviously returning. And there's quite a lot that goes into that. So yeah, when it comes to um, uh, the trips and stuff, obviously we want to. We're like you guys. We want to get out there as soon as we can, um, you know. But it's very difficult. Like for instance, um, we we were looking at some of the rules, which luckily they've changed now. Yeah. But say if you haven't been vaccinated, and you've got to have a PCR, and you've gone over to Morocco for four days, and you've got to do one three days before you come home. That would mean you'd be in the mountains. You can't do a PCR when you're in the mountains. So that essentially then would mean we'd have to extend your trip. Obviously, if you're vaccinated, that's different. You only do a lateral flow. So it it kind of it's it's really it's pretty crazy at the moment but you know we are we're always those people who are a little you're on the positive side uh rather than the the pessimistic and you know we are trying to work with our suppliers uh, in country as well as finding the balance you know between especially because you know 99 of our customers are from the uk so we have to really we we have to stick by the uk rules essentially 
Um, but we're always trying to be as uh, effective as possible. It's always good as well. Someone comes on to the, um, the live and advertise some cure for herpes. But thanks very much, um, Sigun. Yeah, it's good. I, I'm not sure I'll have a look at that, mate. Yeah, but, I, uh, <laughs> I, I just messaged Lauren to um, to kill the spam. But yeah, um, apologies. We, we, we get some spam sometimes. Uh, but look, I, I wish you all the best, Sigun. But yeah, um, I don't think any of us got herpes. No, I wish you all the best with your um, with your herpes journey. <laughs> um, yeah, so the other thing is what Mick was saying about those PCRs is um, how do we manage it? Well, there's yeah. a lot of them that will turn around. You upload the results and you get a t a, like a 24-hour turnaround. Yeah. And then some of them have to be sent back, so you need to factor in a few days. Again, it comes down to the individual country. It's very doable. Um, it just depends on who you choose to go with Yes. and who you sort of, you know, <laughs> how you've done it whether you need to upload it post it however you're doing it but yeah it is very doable and normally just a couple of extra days factored in is more than enough yeah definitely i think mick um i know you're talking about uh was it a seven days trip in morocco in november um i think by november it'll change again um you know knowing it, it'll probably be on the green list by then hopefully in morocco um because morocco is really really good um so hopefully it'll change but if not mate you know we will what we'll do is we'll probably create some sort of um, you know, a little bit of advice. I mean, like like all of our stuff when it comes to jabs and things, because we don't get involved in it. Um, you know, we can offer our advice on on, on kind of what what probably we would do. You know, uh, before you go and things like that. Um, you know, so you don't need any carrier pigeons and things. You can <laughs> you can get it in. Um, sorry, I looked at Ramona's comment there. Finally, a cure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Um, but yeah, right. Some more questions then before we crack on, and then I want to talk about our new trips because I know a lot of our. Um, you know, Evertrekkers are on every week. Uh, really excited about some of our new trips. But I want to tackle some more questions again. Uh, we've had heaps today, which is great. Um, let's have a look. Footwear. What boots uh, and socks would you uh, best for the terrain? Would you recommend a good foot balm, cream, post-walk? Um, this one from Rhiannon. Um, yeah, I, well, I know you have some boots in mind, don't you, Dave, that you kind of talk about every well, week? Well, actually, we're going to do a, 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 a... Yes. I was trying to think of a foot balm. <laughs> never used one in my life however yeah. um yeah uh i've gone through quite an exhaustive sort of experimental process trying to narrow down the boots that i've used one day i think i'll bring them all in and line them up and get a picture yeah. in order so you can actually see the evolution of how i've arrived at the boots that i like um they are the main boutans which i know is becoming a little bit of a cliched comment however um it's not just about how long-lasting they are, about how comfortable they are. It's a performance-based thing for me because I always struggled going downhill with my knees. Yeah. And when I um, – that's probably only going to get worse. But when I switched to the Mendel Bhutans with a good insole, um, it really made a big difference to me. As to foot balm, no idea. Couldn't couldn't help you there one bit. But yeah. I recommend asking all of these people in the group because I'm sure there are some people in there that do know about such balms. Yeah, it'd be interesting actually. Yeah, because I've not I've not really used that. Um, certainly, yeah, definitely posting the, the high altitude Evertrekkers group. Um, or yeah, if there's anyone on here who's used foot balms or altitude or on a trek, um, be interested to to hear that. Um, yeah, I've uh, just to, just to see if anyone else has used it. Yeah, because I'd be quite interested. Yeah. Um, yeah. Darren Borchier, how's it going, Darren? Do you sleep in tents on Kilimanjaro? Yes. Hey, Darren, how's it going, mate? Um, and then on an, uh, a couple of the other trips you do as well, so like Patagonia Ice Fields and beep, 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 um, <laughs> you, you also will as well. What was that? That was, that was me beeping out the Very one. Very good. Yeah, Very that's good. me. Uh, Dwayne Carter. Uh, hey, Dwayne, uh, how do people with asthma find the altitude? Do they reach the top okay? I'll take this one, Ed. Um, 
<laughs> good man, good man. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if you've caught earlier, Dwayne, um, but yeah, I, I'm an asthmatic. I know a lot of asthmatics who trek to altitude with no problems. Um, obviously, chat to your GP first, um, although most GPs are kind of here on the side of caution, so do speak to sort of an, maybe a travel specialist because a lot of people, you know, people have climbed Everest with asthma. Um, just because you've got asthma, I know that you're thinking, okay, lungs, altitude, lack of oxygen. But for some reason, asthmatics tend to do really well at altitude. So I've learned. Um, yeah, which is always a good, uh, you know, gives me a bit of confidence. But yeah, it's all about managing it. If you can manage it at sea level um, and things like, uh, you know, allergies and dust and things like that, because if you're on places like Kili uh, or Everest or in Nepal, any trip or altitude can be quite dusty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. I, I've also did a, we also did a live all about asthma. It was called Don't, uh, was it, uh, Take My Breath Away. Um, yeah, have a little look at that on the previous live, just so you want a full on, so we chat about asthma a lot um, on that uh, live. Um, could you go through the cool stuff behind you? That was Leah. What? Uh, yeah, well, we got a couple of things. We got some prayer wheels. That is a mask uh, from Tanzania. Dave, you can always, um, um, that's a different kind of mask to we're used to. I know we're used to using um, masks yeah. when we go to shops. Be very interesting. Imagine walking to a shop with that. I think, um, yeah, they might. I got yeah, asked unfortunately, I think it's, um, yeah, it's got holes in it. <laughs> but um yeah that's kind of like that to be fair we need to water the plants otherwise i'll get shouted at the, the girls um, will I, don't, off. I don't think we've done them in a while um uh right next question any benefits hiking up killy during a full moon any well any benefits yeah i mean i suppose if you're a werewolf definitely <laughs> but no i mean can't think of any really i mean it'll be magnificent it it'll be beautiful and stunning and benefits i suppose to photography and things like that so yeah it'll be amazing an amazing difference it's a good point actually yeah if you don't, don't when you're wearing a headlamp you probably can see naturally right? that'd be a valid point actually yeah another yeah. benefit would be the the light and stuff yeah. like that so yeah i suppose there would be some benefits nothing in terms of i was immediately thinking in terms of um like physical benefits um yeah no but yeah loads of other benefits visual wise and stuff yeah yeah um had an uh, kia nicholson here. yes okay. uh, ever had an amputee on any of your trips not that i'm aware no, of love to yeah fine yeah. i mean you know it's, it's always a great story um i can't remember the dude's name now but he was the first double amputee to reach the summit of everest he did it in 2006 um he lost both his legs on mount cook i think in a storm on mount cook that's right yeah i can't think of his name now off the top of my head but no he summited everest and there's been some other stories of yeah. people uh Mera and island peak and things like that so if someone wanted to go to kilimanjaro um you know and, and had that then we'd be more than happy to facilitate it and make it happen yeah definitely um yeah just going through some of the other questions uh does it rain on Killy in late march yeah it can do that's from john flanagan um, so yeah, it can rain on Killy any time of year, really. Um, I'd say, and I don't know why this is, but they usually say the, the kind of latter time of, of the latter weeks of March, um, certainly lower down when you're around the, the sort of jungle region, um, you do get some rain. So we always, uh, suggest taking a, um, uh, you know, rain jacket, uh, you know, waterproofs. Some people wear ponchos. Um, you see if, if you're up there and, and you see some of the guides and the porters, they'll have a huge poncho. Um, so we always recommend taking one of them, uh, just cause it can rain at any time of the year. You know, it's, uh, it's not like Wales it doesn't rain nine times out, <laughs> 90 mm. days out of a uh, hundred when it comes to the year. But, um, yeah, it does rain, uh, on Killy sometimes it's the same on, uh, like in Nepal as well. Very similar. Yeah. Uh, can rain sort of lower down, but you're, you're all right when you're, when you're higher up. Yeah. Well, Killy's got its own sort of, they call it like its own microclimate. Yeah. Cause you'll see it. It's, it's, 
once you're in Moshi looking up at Kili, sometimes it's shrouded in cloud, but it's yeah. the only thing on the horizon that is shrouded in cloud. Everything else is completely clear, and it's because it's so vast um, that it does tend to produce its own microclimate. So you get showers in the afternoon, then you nothing too bad though. No. I, well, at least not when I was there in February. <laughs> but um yeah not too bad um mick so says a mention of island peak thank you mention <laughs> yes i did mention earlier on mick um but yeah hopefully you got that one on the old bingo mate um go for it dave yeah so um i spotted a couple of questions yeah. so shelly ellsworth who sorts out the trip arrangements is that you guys so oh yeah essentially everything so it is you you have to get your external uh, your international flights um and your insurance and the majority of your kit um, but when you land in Tanzania, pretty much everything else is taken care of. So we'll pick you up in a private vehicle, take you to the hotel. The hotels are reserved. Um, then your guides, your porters, your tents, your kitchen tents, your mess tents, your you know toilet tents, all of that is all done for you. If you go into EBC, all the internal flights, again, all your meals, guides, porters, all of yeah. that accommodation, that's all done for you. So the only thing really you need is uh, money and things like a little extra. So souvenirs, snacks that aren't included, like bottles of Coke and chocolate bars and your yeah. tips and stuff like that. But everything you need in order to get to the summit of Kilimanjaro once you arrive in Tanzania is sorted for you. Yeah, nice, Dave. Nice. I say, uh, yeah, heaps of questions, guys. This is great. We, um, we got a lot on here, so do bear with us. If you have posted a question, we haven't got to it yet. Just give us a give us a chance. We we'll get through it. If there's um, you know, because we're usually on live for about an hour, and we have got a, a few other things to to cover, including announcing the winner. If we don't answer your question, we will um, get back to you on that. Um, Tanya Ustazen, I want to um, just um, talk about your question. How strict are you in making someone turn around? So yeah, all of our guides, um, especially you know, this is worldwide now. You know, all vastly experienced at high altitude. Um, if you're kind of relatively new to the community, I mean, when, when it comes to the guides um, that we we have on our trips, um, you know, they're really the best of the best. Um, you know, that's why we're, we're, we're not one of the cheapest trekking companies around. Um, but also as well, we, we, we are quite picky when it comes to um, the kind of level of guide that we, that we use. I mean, for instance, just talk about Kilimanjaro while we're here. Um, you know, like one of our guides, Yessi, for instance. Um, you know, he's, he's summoned to Kili over 400 times. He really knows how to, um, you know, to see if it's, you know, because you don't want to push people past that point where it's obviously not good for them. Um, you know, and, and that that decision is the guide's decision along with yourself. You know, we never want to force anyone up a mountain. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't want to carry on, that's fine. It's, you know, you're all adults. It's up to you. But also our guides are trained to to to, to basically do that decision with you you know like especially on on our trips we, we look at um uh, things like your blood oxygen levels because obviously if that dips too low then that's that's not good and we need to not get to that point um you know so they're managing you the whole sort of way uh, to the summit and back down um you know just in terms of, of success i mean on all of our trips it's over 95 percent on all of our trips so we kind of you know we have a gauge that we know we're doing we're doing something right um but ultimately, yeah, we've also had people we've had to evacuate um, for one reason or another. What I would say is that be really open and transparent with your guide, um, you know, when you're on a trip, because, you know, they, they'll spot things anyway without you even knowing, you know, how much food you're, you're having. They'll probably keep an eye on how you're sleeping, how you're looking, how you're feeling, how you're acting. There's so much you can read just from looking at someone, right? So the guides are obviously trained to look at that as well as the actual, you know, your blood oxygen levels, yeah. your heart rate. Um, you know, if you are being sick, if you've got debilitating headaches, there's obviously a lot of things you can you can look at at altitude. 
but yeah, one thing we we really pride ourselves on is having really good guides. Yeah, and and that by the end they became friends, you know, and they will become friends of yours. Um, I know the the guides, and obviously you've got to respect them because they're there to look after your team. But um, it's a reason we have relatively small groups. Um, you know, usually sort of twelve or less, and and that's because you can get to know your guide better. Yeah. Plus, your assistant guides as well. You know, we, we always operate with assistant guides, and then you've got porters, and because of our the way we like to do things, like some of the porters are actually training to be assistant guides, and then eventually, when those assistant guides want to become guides, they can get trained to be guides, and that's the kind of progression line. If 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 you know if you get where we're coming from, so yeah, Tanya, it's a really good question. You know, we'd. Uh, in terms of someone turn around, it's um, it's always one of those that we never want to do it, but sometimes we have to for the safety of that individual. Um, and ultimately, the decision comes down to the guide because he's there with you. Um, you know, although we run the business, you know, we 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 employ really good guides, yeah, and they're the ones that make the decision there and then, and we lean on their experience. So I hope that answers your question a little bit, Tanya. But yeah, re re yeah. really good question, mate. Um, I can do <clears throat> a few quick fire ones. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tent sharing policy, yes. So it is yes. generally speaking sharing of a tent. Yeah. So you can have your own tent if you want one. Um, you just need to let us know when there is a small um, fee for that. I think it's around fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, and you get your own tent then for the entire duration <laughs> of the trip. Um, then there's another question from Dale Hill. It says, "Why are you not answering the questions about tent sharing?" Um, just did. Um, <laughs> And then, so Chrissy's <laughs> asked a number of different questions. Is it part, do you have to have a beard to go on a trip? Um, yeah, compulsory. I'll be yeah. honest, Chrissy, it does help, and you can buy them on Amazon. Um, <laughs> you've asked about tent sharing as well. Wow, a lot of people know about the tents. Yeah, so we are yeah. going to be doing tent sharing. Um, generally speaking, all of the accommodation is based on a twin sharing basis. Yes. If you end up in a situation where there's an odd couple, and that's a guy and a girl, um, then we do make the decision then to split those, and you'll automatically be given your own tent yes. um, and stuff like that. We don't ask people to share who are uncomfortable to do so and things like that. So exactly um, yeah. <laughs> great question though chrissy about the beards yeah um i think chrissy asked another question which is around paying for the installments on the trip um yeah chrissy that's right yeah so you can pay i'd say mm. over two-thirds now of our customers um especially over the last sort of three or four years mm. have decided to to pay for their trips monthly which is very handy um now when it comes to, to sort of our policies if you like i mean we never like to hide behind the tncs just to say that out loud but we you know we've always been flexible even before covid um you know things happen if you can't go you know and, and say you have an injury or um you know the trip doesn't go ahead or you know we have to reschedule there's always heaps of options so you can um obviously move your trip for free there's no charge with that um the the only thing that's not non-refundable is your deposit um so when it comes to it it's, it's lifetime deposit so when you book with us it means that essentially you're going at some point it's just a matter of time so that's not refundable but it is um it is a lifetime deposit. So, yeah, we, we get a lot of people who, who kind of do that. Um, and then the rest of it is up to you. You know, we get people who sometimes pay it in full straight up for bat, which is cool. We get people who, um, uh, you know, with us, you can pay a deposit and then pay 50% of the balance six months before you go. People do that. And then you get people who do it monthly. Um, and it's nice then because people can, um, yeah, just just basically it comes out of your bank. And next thing you know, you've gone on a trip, yep. which is always quite nice, isn't it? Um, yeah. What do you think, Ange? We... Should we talk about the surprise sections on Yeah, it? okay. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll come back to these questions because there's a lot on here, which is great, guys. I love this. There's yeah. so many questions. Um, obviously, we're usually on here for an hour, so we might go over today, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, we will. Talk about some new trips then because if you've been part of the community for a while, you know they've been working a lot behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, certainly, 
there's been a couple that we we kind of people might already know at. There's there's definitely two that I'd say were brand new. Um, but yeah, we we, we always because we started off um, you know in Nepal. That's always been our our um, you know bread and butter, if you like it. You know, going to Everest Base Camp via the different routes, climbing Island Peak, going to Mera Peak, you know, Annapurna region. It's always been our bread and butter. But when we've had people go there and come back, and they wanted to um, say go to places like Kilimanjaro, this is why we've expanded a bit. And I think we're getting to that stage now where people want to obviously go to like South America, you know, when I want to try other parts of the Himalayas, other parts of Europe. So we've been thinking, okay, um, you know, let, let's get those organized. So yep. we found some great teams in the country. They're still Evertrekified, so it's still Evertrek. Um, but yeah, Dave, so should we start with, uh, should we build up to the highest one or should we just go off straight off the bat with a biggie? Well, I, I'm trying to think of the, I'm trying to think of the <laughs> Which altitudes one? now. I know, yeah, yeah. So I, I reckon we just go straight in okay. with, the, with, the, with, the, with, with my personal favourite one. Go on, you, you can talk about that because yeah. I know you, you've, you've been looking forward to that one for a while. Well, since Evertrack started. Yeah, really, I know. since yeah, Evertrack started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the first thing we're going to announce is obviously, yeah, we've been working on a number of these trips. We constantly get questions. What about this? What about this? When are you doing this? Yeah. And one of the ones that's come up quite a few times, and I think I've raised it quite a lot, um, is... Uh, a trip in Pakistan, yep. uh, in the Karakoram, um, to the second highest mountain <laughs> in the world. You are killing us, mate. You're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we are. We are launching and have launched, and it is now live and bookable. Uh, K two base camp, yes. um, which is an absolutely stunning trip. Um, yes, it's been one of those that's been the probably the fastest that it's ever sort of come together. Um, because it is just so unbelievably awesome, the K2 base camp trip. It involves, you know, flying into Islamabad, then another internal flight to Skardu, which yeah. is a stunning part of the country. Like, And from there, you literally walk through the Karakoram, um, which is the Pakistan region of the Himalaya. Um, and there's, it's a proper adventure. So sleeping under yeah. the stars in tents and in local um, uh, sort of tea houses with yeah. the 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 uh, the Balti people, yes, yeah, and yeah, the Balti, yeah, uh, good dancers, yeah, and you know, <laughs> cracking dancers, and then like singing and dancing, and then there's little, there's like streams you need to ford, you know, so you'll be putting on some like trainers, rolling up your th and carrying your bag across streams and things yeah. like that. Um, then you've got, um, you know, the Baltoro Glacier, um, you know, merging at Concordia, so. It, Anyway, I'm not going to go through the entire thing, but it is live now. I'm pretty sure the Lauren who's on the phones is going to be posting links about it. She has, yeah. She's popped it in there. So K2 Basecamp, um, yeah, it's a bit of a beast. It's it's, it's awesome. Um, it's challenging. Uh, it's just over 5,100 meters to the base camp, and we don't just go to Concordia. We do actually go to um, Broad Peak Base Camp and and actually K2 Base Camp. So we kind of go a little bit further up, yeah, which is quite cool. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, and we've got dates starting next summer. Um, so yeah, definitely have a look at that. Download the guide as well. Um, because the, uh, it'll give you all the information, uh, on the actual page. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think. We'll, uh, we'll obviously be, be following up with that. So that's K2 Basecamp. Yep. Then the next one, um, is, uh, sort of a, one I'm really passionate about, which has been in Russia, which is Mount Elbrus. Um, now Mount Elbrus has been something we wanted to do for a while, but, you know, we wanted to, to find the right team, um, you know, a, a team that had been, um, you know, in there for at least sort of 10 years. They've been going for about 22 years, I think it is, the team we're using over there. So, yeah, we're really excited about that. And um, Mount Elbrus, you know, the highest peak in Europe. It's a it's a real bucket list tick. 
um, you know, as well as some of the other stuff that we do. You know, you're talking seven summits now. We're talking Killy. We obviously do Aconcagua, which we launched last year. And now we're doing Mount Elbra. So, you know, on a personal level, we're really excited about that. Yep. Um, you know, it's quite uh, what we've done is uh, on all of our trips, we always like to do a bit different. We don't want to just go and climb the mountain. We, we want to look and, and, and explore the area. So the Caucasus Mountains are, are beautiful. And we thought, right, let's do some trekking around that to acclimatize before we go onto the mountain. So we've uh, we've done that and we've uh, included that in the itinerary. So, yeah, definitely um, have a little look, download the guide as always. Um, and, yeah, hopefully, uh, if Mount Elbrus is yours, obviously uh, come and join us. <coughs> Sorry. All the talking, getting a dry throat now. So you might Matt Elbrus, uh, next one? Yeah, so the next one, so what, what should we should, should we talk a little bit about South America, do you think? Mm. Which one? Patagonia. Yeah. Patagonia. Awesome. So, yeah, what we're going to talk about now <laughs> is um, this is another one that's, it's a slightly different flavor for us, to be fair, um, because a lot, most of our trips and our speciality really is high altitude trekking and climbing. But we kind of wanted to add in a different type of adventure yeah. and we wanted to go to Patagonia. That's always been a something me and Andy have talked about, not only because there's a little Welsh village there, um, but also just because of the sheer opportunities for like adventure travel. Yeah. And so the one that we've put together is the Patagonia ice fields trek. Yeah. Um, I think what really separates this one from the rest of the, the itinerary and from a lot of other treks as well is that you are an integral part of the expedition yeah so it's not just a guided trip i mean it is a guided trip but it's not simply you know looking after your own day pack and stuff like that there is an element of like man hauling the gear onto the ice track yeah. so you know it's got a little bit of the i mean the ice fields is the third largest sort of um ice plane outside of the north and south poles um, and if you've ever seen any historical like movie or even what Richard Parks did, where you're walking across the ice fields yeah. with crampons on and the rucksack, like hauling the gear, yeah. there is going to be an element of that involved as well. It's obviously going to be um, tapered for you know you to be able to achieve it. You know, yeah. we're not the idea isn't to try and you know completely wreck people and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's all but about it, the journey. Yeah, but it does mean you know again, it's camping on the ice field. It's being an integral part of the expedition and helping the kit and transport and the, you know, building and collapsing of the tents every day and things like that. Yeah. So it really does give that flavor of sort of it's a cool trip. I'm in the wilds. I'm on the ice fields. Yeah. And um, yeah, you flirt a little bit with Chile as well. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you know, you, you skip over for a day. Yeah, you are in back. Chile. That's which is right. a bit weird because yeah, so. I thought, okay, do they stamp your passport, but no, you just sneak in, sneak back. Apparently, yeah. Uh, but yeah, with um, with the uh, the Patagonia trip, yeah, we've been really excited about that. Um, Jerome makes a good point, and I think Dave did me. It's Greenland and Antarctica, are the two biggest plains. Um, but yeah, it's not uh, the South Pole. No, not the South Pole, mate. Thought it was. <laughs> well, Antarctica, North Pole. Yeah, yeah, North yeah. Pole. Oh, I know, I know that. But I mean, I have, feel like I have to come back with a fact now to redeem myself. <laughs> I think um, I know where the term Arctic and Antarctic comes from. No, I think it's um. So basically, I think it's the yeah Greenland uh, and Antarctica, and then um and then the Patagonia ice fields. So where's the South Pole? No, North Pole. Yeah, I know, but where's the South Pole in the That's list? Ant Antarctica. I know it's Antarctica, but it's not the second or third biggest ice. Mm. So where is it in the list? Is it fourth uh, I think it's, or fifth? No, I think it's the largest. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we'll have this chat afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Patagonia is is in the top three, apparently. Yeah. Um, a little, little fact that we, we kind of came up with. But yeah, right, fourth trip, Dave. Um, yeah, I may as well. I might talk about this. So this was a, a trip that we kind of uh, announced a little bit a while ago, but we haven't really pushed. 
Um, it was something that we wanted to um, incorporate. So it's in Ecuador and um, quite high peaks as well. We've got Chimborazo, Cotopaxi. Um, if you ever uh, heard about the active volcanoes in the world, uh, you might have heard those names. Um, <laughs> that's all right, Jerome, don't worry. Um, but yeah, when it comes to um, the volcanoes, so we, we started with the Ring of Fire Trek. And the Ring of Fire Trek is, um, you know, something a great trip. It's diff It's a super difficult mine. It's, um, you know, I, I'd say I wouldn't. We wouldn't recommend it for your first high altitude trek um, because of the, uh, the the difficulty. Um, I'd say if you're going to you know, do Everest Base Camp or Kilimanjaro first, it'd certainly be um, a great second uh, to do. But yeah, uh, so Lauren, if you can drop the the Ring of Fire Trek in, uh, definitely download the guide. Um, it gives you, it gives you, it gives you a lot of um, uh, little. Bit, you can download the guide, have a look at the itinerary, um, and let us know what you think about that one. Awesome. I'm actually messaging Lauren now because I'm being poked in the ribs quite hard to uh, <laughs> to do the announcement. Announcement of what? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Apparently, uh, there is an announcement to make, and um, I don't know why, but I feel like Lauren's just shouting at me through the thing, <laughs> like people want to know. <laughs> they do. They do. Well, look, yeah, we wanted to. Um, it's obviously the, the people who follow us regularly as well. We wanted to talk about those new trips. You know, we wanted to do those, uh, do those a little bit of justice. But you know, we, we've only got a certain amount of time today, so we'll obviously crack on. If there's any questions we haven't covered, guys, I know there's been a lot of questions today. Um, you know, we'll we'll certainly uh, come back and go through the comments and, and, and answer them individually, uh, or at least drop you the link so you can you can do it because we, we have a lot of information on our website. We built um, quite an extensive um, knowledge center on the website. Which answers a lot of um, a lot of questions around all the kind of the, the, the common questions that come up really around altitude, around trekking. So definitely have a look at those. Uh, also as well, do check out the previous lives because we've basically since lockdown happened, um, you know we we didn't really want to we, we didn't want to hide. We wanted to, to to tell people like okay we've got all these questions to answer. Let's do a, uh, what we call the Tuesday tune in each week. Hmm. Um, so what we do today is what we do every Tuesday. And that's answered. Uh, that's answer all the all the big questions that come out. So I think this is our almost our seventieth week that we've done this. So yeah, if you're interested to find out more, obviously come back next week, drop your questions in. But right, Dave, <clears throat> before my voice disappears, should we announce the winner, which is on the board? I think so. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I'll do. Yeah, go and stand next to us. Switch the uh, the camera. Do you, do you want me to stand by? Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. You can be like Carol Vorderman on. Um, yeah, hang on. I got. I got some program. I got some startup stiffness. <laughs> So Dave had an ACL replacement, which is why he's taken so low. Yeah. But right, Dave, I will. Um, Penny probably will want to say hello. Right, Dave, let me know when you're ready. Hang on a second. I've got to pet the dog. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, um, this person, uh, obviously, and a friend are going to the top of Kilimanjaro uh, with ourselves. Uh, we'll get in touch with you as soon as we um, – uh, as soon as we're off the live, uh, we'll drop you a little message. Uh, and we'll go from there. So yeah, without further ado, yeah, you ready, Dave? I'm, I'm ready. So just kind of like, it's going to be. So congratulations, Lee Morn. Very good, mate. That's right. Lee Morn. Very good. Very good. There you um, go. Right, Dave. Come and sit down. Yep. Yep. Hang on a minute. It takes me a while. <laughs> Let me know if you need a walking stick. Yeah. Yep. Let me get this right. There we go. So smooth. Whew. That was brilliant, Dave. Well done. Right. So, yeah, guys. Um, there we go. Right. So, yeah, congratulations, Lee. Um, yeah, you're going to, to Kilimanjaro with us. Uh, we'll definitely drop you a message um, as soon as we get off this and uh, we'll obviously get in touch and 
make that trip happen. Is is, is Lee on the live? I, I, I love some of the comments. Oh, FFS. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. No, it's um. Let's have a little look. I feel uh, sorry for Brian because um, I know he's had his acceptance speech ready for about the last six uh, competitions. So one day, Brian. One day. <laughs> well, look. Uh, obviously, thanks for everyone for being a part of there it. There he is, Lee. If, um, legend. Oh, there mate, is. Legend. Lee, is, Lee is on. Well done. It's always great if people are on the live. Yeah, love it when they're on. Um, but yeah, obviously, if you haven't. Um, been one of Lee or one of Lee's friends, um, check out your emails over the next hour. We, we do like to reward people who have entered the competition. Um, and there are some runner-up prizes as well. So do keep a lookout uh, on your emails. Um, but right, Dave, wow, that's, that's flown by. That has absolutely got, flown by. I mean, so yeah. we've been going, it's a bit actually because we were a couple of minutes late. So I think we've got about six or seven minutes okay. left. Okay, well, so a couple more questions. I, we'll, I, I think, but yeah, but we'll, no, we'll, we'll that's off. awesome. Lee, well done, mate. Yeah, um, Lee's was... fainted. Wow. Oh, no, <laughs> no uh, honestly, it, we, we love the opportunity to be able to, to do this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, years ago, we started the company. It was um, taking people to amazing destinations and, and, and doing this kind of thing is what we're about. So, yeah, Lee, we can't wait to have you with us, mate. Um uh, Milton Keynes, great yeah, stuff. I used to live in Milton yeah, Keynes. Yeah, I lived in Milton Keynes for three and a half years. You never know. Maybe you and Lee. Uh, almost certainly, past, we've. Uh, it's you know, there's, it's not a huge place, so um, yeah, no, lived in a, lived there in a while. Um, <laughs> Lee, message me and we'll talk about your trip and life in Milton Keynes. Um, <laughs> I was going to say we'll get you out of Milton Keynes, mate. We'll uh, we'll get you get you on a trip, but uh, obviously when we when we can travel again. Uh, right, a couple more questions then. Um, i got to scroll past all the congratulations first. Yeah, Mick Hamilton has said, any discount for OAPs? Mick, you don't qualify as an OAP, mate, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, he's stronger than most 30-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Um, someone did, did say, and I think it's uh, what I want to talk about it a little bit, is someone said, is there an age limit to trips? And and, and no, certainly not. Um, when it comes to age uh, and and these kind of trips, we, we certainly we don't say, look, if, you, if you're 60 or over, you can't go, you know, it, Altitude is a real level, level playing field. We've had people who, in their early seventies, come with us to Everest Base Camp. Obviously, it depends on the individual. Um, <laughs> just, just looking. Uh, FML, congrats, Lee. Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I love it. Love these codes. It is one of those ones where it's just. I don't know what we're going to do when one day we do it, and it's like it's someone that we know like quite well because. Yeah. The odds are that eventually we'll know someone and we're always like, oh, God, do we know him? Do we know him? Do we know him? And know. It's, it's great that we expand it. Um, we've had quite a few people go on these trips and I, I think we've got a couple of winners backed up, haven't we, since COVID? So it'd be great to get you guys out there and so you can really see the full journey of what these giveaways <laughs> are because I think yeah. we we know that, you know. So we've been through the whole thing where we've started the competition, people have entered, yeah. and then the winner's been picked, and then sometime later they've gone on the trip and come back. So we see the full circle and, and what effect it can have on people. So yeah, it's, it's always um, amazing. Yeah, it's mad. I mean, I just just seeing um, Chrissy's Chrissy. Loads of questions today, mate. You've been on it. Um, yeah. Well, how many entries did you get? I think we had about just under five thousand entries this time. So yeah, I think. Uh, We've run a couple of competitions. Uh, I think the largest we've had, we had like 18,000 off one competition. So, yeah, pretty mad. But, no, it's been great. A lot of positive energy. Um, you know, as a, as a travel company during these mad times, we, um, you know, we still feel privileged to, to be here. And we're excited to get back to the mountains. Um, you know, that's why we're, we're here. And although we, we love doing this stuff, you know, we, we really do miss the mountains. So, yeah, we can't wait to, to do it. Got a few training weekends coming up. We've got some trips in Snowdonia we're looking forward to. So yeah, we we can't wait. Um, yeah. And obviously, Lee, we will be in touch. And he he owns a pub. What? 
Owns a, owns a pub. We'll have to uh, come and see that pub then, Lee. 100, 100, 100%. We'll have to come up and, and have a little pint and have a little chat. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Well, look, guys, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there because uh, we've got a lot, uh, lot of stuff going on. Um, but we'll, we'll try and get back to all the questions that we weren't able to answer today. Um, and then, yeah, uh, as I mentioned, we do this next week as well. So we can chat about any other questions. But yeah, thanks for, for coming on. Yep. Cheers, Dave. Yeah, nice. I one. need a drink now. Mate, I got my... Um... Water to go ever trek bottle. Here. See, look it, at yeah. that, look at that product placement right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously any questions that we haven't managed to get, we'll um I'll make sure Lauren because we're terrible at this, but I'll make sure Lauren remembers to prod us yeah. next week and we'll we'll get um, we'll get them all answered. Some of those questions, definitely. Awesome. All right, take it easy, guys, and we'll uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. See ya, bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mount Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. I'm not